This is the Under Pressure Podcast. Every week, wherever you get your podcasts, we have guests on to talk about their careers from a different angle. So remember to keep up to date with us on Instagram and Twitter at underpressure one underscore and Under Pressure Podcast on Facebook. Now let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the Under Pressure Podcast brought to you via the Inner Sanctum. You can find the Inner Sanctum on all social media platforms and you can read all the magnificent stuff we do at theinnersanctum.com.au. Now to today's show, our guest played 200 games for both the Cats and the Dons, about 189 of those games down at the Cattery, as well as kicking 209 goals throughout his career. He was part of the successful era down at the Cattery in both the 2007 and 2011 premierships. Matthew Stokes, welcome to the Under Pressure podcast, man. Uh, thanks for having me, Matt. Not a worry at all. Now, I'd like to begin the show. What are you, what are you doing with yourself uh, at the moment? Um, well, I've been in, involved in footy or the AFL system since 2005. So um, after sort of COVID got through, um, I thought it'd be a good chance to get away from, from footy for a bit um, and sort of uh, step away from that. Oops. Um, and enjoy... Um, life without football and the emotional side of that um and especially coming back to john where you know where home is it, it kind of felt like you, you took the wins and losses home just as much as a player when you're a staff member so um i've got two businesses that i run one in geelong one in melbourne um i do some consulting work here and there with a couple of um companies up in melbourne and then i work as a, a indigenous mentor with a mentoring which is um about giving the kids at uh, high, sc- high school and uh, university, a platform to be able to uh, be free. So um, I keep myself pretty busy. Uh, I've got two young kids as well, which um, uh, probably is, uh, takes up the majority of the time. But the flexibility of you know what I do um, has been amazing for the, the last you know two or three years with the kids. So uh, pretty grateful. Yeah, no, that, that's wonderful. Did you always, obviously did you always have a passion for this sort of stuff, even during your playing days as well? Yeah. Uh, I'd be the first to admit that I was probably pretty bad at school when I was at high school um, and I, I did get expelled. Um, and then once I sort of start, started playing and because I got drafted when I was 21, I always knew that, you know, footy could come and go pretty quickly. So always having a backup plan and Ron Watt, the player development uh, manager at the time, was always into me about um, making sure I did studies and, and, and made sure that I was prepared for life after footy because in reality, my career could have finished at any time. Um, you know, I wasn't ever out our best player at our, um, in our team, especially that era. Um, so I had uh, probably a better understanding than most that, you know, footy uh, can come and go. So I studied pretty much my whole my whole career and um, got a bachelor in uh, business and a bachelor in ma- uh, management as well. So, um, yeah, it's, um, you know, I've always kept an eye on. I think it's something that, um, you know, players these days um, don't do a hell of a lot um, and they probably should mm. do a bit more. But until you find your passion, I think there's no point trying to jump, you know, jump, jumping into something unless you have that passion. Yeah, no, no, definitely. And obviously you definitely had that, that passion for it. Um, we'll, we'll take a turn to the start of your, start of your career. Obviously you said drafted at, at 21. Um, did you have, earlier on, did you have any injuries that sort of may have given you a setback in your early days before even getting drafted? Yeah, I started playing league 40 when I was about 15 um, and uh, got my eye socket broken. Um, so that sort of put me out, you know, um, 
footy for a little bit. I had you know 12 stitches across the eye. Um, I was only 14 years of age. Um, I was at the Australian Academy at the time. Um, and yeah, sort of put a bit of a damper on it. And I think it took me a while to get over it. Um, but um, when I went to the Eagles in the, the sample, um, I had a pretty bad back injury, um, which kept me out for about a whole year. Um, and then the beauty of that was it was able to give me, like, find my passion away from footy and that was working at the zoo. Um, you know, become a zoologist, uh, worked at the LA Zoo for three years. Um, and in that time when I was injured, I was able to find that. And for some reason, it, it sort of made my world a little bit clearer and, um, and turned um, my footy a lot better um, with having that balance in my life. So um, I'm probably forever grateful for that back injury, even though it was pretty painful. Um, it, yeah. it, it sort of gave me a, it, it, it gave me a purpose. Yeah, no, definitely. Like it's almost obviously it was a bit of a blessing. And as you said, it was it's one of those things that you may not realize if you don't do the injury. So and then you move on yeah, forward exactly with your right. career. So yeah, no, that's amazing. Um, there you go. Um now early on as you got drafted, um, what was your do you remember your first your first major injury when you were down at, at the cats? Yeah. My first um, injury was in the 2007 granny. Um, I uh, tried to go out for a specky, which probably served me right. Um, <laughs> and my kneecap popped out. Um, yeah. And it was, you know, obviously, I think it was the second, might've been the first quarter. And, mm. you know, to get to a grand final um, and then for it to pop out, and you could feel, I could feel how bad it was. Um, ran off, I got carried off pretty much. And then, yeah, the, the, the beauty of... Um, you know, medicine um, was able to um, <laughs> get me back out there. And the doctors kept telling me, you know, you, you, you're not going to be able to do too much tonight. This is going to be a pretty painful injury. And I, I remember um, sitting with the boys at about two o'clock in the morning at a, at a bar and all of a sudden my knee just went bad. Um, oh, really? up and um, <laughs> It was uh, a pretty bad experience. But um, yeah, early on, that was probably my worst one. But then I, 2008, um, when I had probably my best year, um, I got OP. Um, mm. and that was probably one of the biggest setbacks because it not only affected my footy but affected sort of life as, away from it as well you know um, being able to play golf um, you know things around the house getting off the couch getting into your car it all hurt um, mm. and it took me probably about two years to get over that so I've been pretty blessed in my career um, to not have too many injuries but um, you know earlier on there was a couple of setbacks that um, you know sort of um, Hopefully, you got all the, the bad uh, bad luck out of the way. Yeah, no, definitely. Taking you back to that that two thousand seven uh, that knee injury. What, what were you thinking when you went off? Were you think um, no chance of getting back on, or you just want to get back on, or <laughs> what was the what was uh, the feeling like? I'm, I'm pretty close with our doc, so I just said, "Is this an ACL?" And he goes, "Not an ACL." Um, and that was probably sort of helped me sort of get through the next sort of twenty minutes. Um, the doctors were really keen and, and really. Um, confident that if they gave me an injection, it'd be all right. And I just thought the pain that I was in, there's no way. Um, and I, I, I generally think, you know, the, the, the injection helped. I think the adrenaline playing um, an AFL grand final, we started to win and get a roll on. Mm. Um, there was no way I was missing out on that. So um, I missed out a little bit on the, the, um, the Sunday morning um, celebrations with the boys um, <laughs> for a little bit because of the knee. Um, but yeah, it, um, I was getting messages pretty much every uh, hour to to get to the um, hospital, but uh, yeah, once you win one, you sort of um, you worry about the injury for next year after a couple of days. Yeah, no, that's it. Obviously, it's a life lifetime success, and you can always uh, go back yeah. and have those reunions and whatnot. So you probably didn't miss out on too 
too much, even though it would have been <laughs> quite fun, I reckon, <laughs> after, exactly right. after the first one for sure. You're listening to the Under Pressure Podcast. Take, take us to the rehab side of um, the, those things. How were you in general as a rehab rehabber for, through minor injuries or major injuries? Were you, were you pretty driven and determined or were you a bit, I just want to get back out of there? <laughs> I've always been driven. Um, I do definitely believe I was always better um, training harder in groups and with my teammates and being able to push, not only them pushing me, but me pushing them back. Mm. Um, and I've always enjoyed that competition and I've always loved um, uh, the, the training aspect of football and being able to, you know, get the best out of yourself and, and, and a teammate as well. So it was um, a bit difficult. The groin one was really bad because um, we had to do a lot of extra recovery. And the only person I, um, that had the same injury was um, Darren Milburn. And me and Dasha um, are really close. We used to live around um, the corner from each other. And I used to have dinner at his house every Tuesday. But it got to a stage where we were spending, you know, four times a day with each other and um, <laughs> we started getting on each other's nerves. So we had to, to, to mix it up a little bit. But it just went on for, for a long, long time. And, and you know, uh, I've had in, uh, issues with it still to this day with all the injections that I had um, in there to try and get through 2008. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, and my grand final that year was, you know, pretty bad. You know, I, I, um, I've joked with Hodgie before that I, I should probably get that Norm Smith for that uh, that day because I was meant to be playing on him, but I couldn't uh, I couldn't run I, I just couldn't move and you know Bomber um, has always shown an enormous amount of um, faith in me and um, yeah, it was just disappointing that I couldn't uh, back that up but I, I was in a lot of pain and, and and my movement wasn't wasn't great. Yeah, for those who for those of obviously OP hasn't been probably not prominent at the moment. Can you just quickly talk us through what what OP is and how, so how it sort of affects you? Yeah, it pretty much sort of feels like you can't sort of move out of there. And the, the pain, it's sort of pretty hard to explain exactly where it is. Um, yeah. you, I think you can get the gist. Yeah. It's, um, <laughs> and, it's, it's, and you've got no power um, yeah. and it's sort of dead weight. And to get the injection, it's got to go in between one place and another place. Yeah. Um, so you have to go into, you know, at, at, at that stage, we'll go into ultrasounds to get um, jabs, you know, twice a week to, to get through. Um, and they were, you know, bloody painful. Um, but the experience of it was just a nightmare. I mean, everything from going to the toilet, um, getting off the couch, um, killed. And it, it probably took me, yeah, probably a good um, three or four months to get over it. Um, I couldn't do anything in the off season that year. And I come back in 2010, probably about four kilos overweight because of that. Um, so it put me back even further. So, um, yeah, it was it was a, a tough injury, but something that um, probably didn't have um, an effect on me like you know some other players and their injuries. Yeah, no, that, that's 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 very true. Did obviously you had um, sort of Dasha to confide confide yourself with with that one. Did you sort of learn anything off any other any other guys when you're doing rehab? Maybe like obviously you had a lot of lot of great players down there. Yeah, a lot of great players and a lot of absolute professionals. I mean, Joel Corey is probably the most underrated player in our era um, and watching the way that he recovered and got his body right Tom Harley was another um, who just um, did everything to get his body right um, so I think we and at that stage we were coming through, we were just about to get our redevelopment so our actual punch pools were binned with ice in it um, so our facilities were pretty bad so majority of the time we just go down to Torquay and, and Joel Corey lived across the road so we normally have a coffee at his house and then jump in the water. And I think for me, coming in a 21-year-old, I didn't have time to pick up on things. I had to get them um, really quickly or I'd be delisted. 
Yeah. Um, so what I did was found the best trainers, and that was you know James Kelly, Joel Corey, uh, Corey Enright, Joel Selwood from from day one, um, and sort of watched what they did and 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 followed. And one thing I always remember about Joel Corey was he always ran on the outside of the um, the lap, and it sort of just became second nature to me to be able to do that. And and yeah. um, James Kelly was a guy that if he had a beer on a Saturday night on a Sunday he'd go for a run. So then all of a sudden I found myself in the same mentality of that. So. You, you do pick up on things um, really quickly, um, but we were just such a competitive group. There was, you know, mm. you could have found that in pretty much all the players. Yeah, no, definitely. So obviously, a great culture down there. So obviously, you could pick up so many different things off of so many different players, and that's obviously why there was so much success down there during that time because everyone was just driven and wanted to push each other to sort of the next the next level. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we were really competitive on the. On the training track, I think that's what made us probably as good as we were. You know, mm. we used to punch on and um, get into a lot of arguments and at training, and it was always the backs versus the the forwards. And Scarlo would get angry, and then Burns would get angry, and then we'd go back and forth. And I think that the competitive um, nature of that environment was what brought us out, what brought the best out of us on the game in the game. And yeah, you know, when you're playing against Scarlo, Corian Wright, Darren Milburn, Tom Harley as a forward line every Wednesday you're getting to play against the best. So by the time you get to a game on Saturday night, you know, you've got, you know, you, you've already done that all week. So you're pretty prepared for the, the, the weekend. So, but yeah, it was competitive. I mean, yeah, the amount of blues that we used to have um, at training. Um, and I think Bomber loved it too. I think Bomber yeah. really enjoyed the fact that um, we had a group of players who just uh, were willing to do whatever it took to, to get better and, and win. Yeah, no, no, definitely. Obviously Bomber was a huge sort of, player in your in your career um tell, tell us what what he meant what, what he meant to you and and how how he sort of helped you helped you along during your career yeah i think with um with bomo it was when i first got there it was um a lot of people sort of yeah didn't really talk too fondly of him he was a grumpy grumpy man and you know he had the, <laughs> um, he had every uh chance of um blowing a casket at training or blowing the whistle and or kicking people off training but for me the one thing I loved about Bomber and, and to this day I've always respected was it wasn't always about the football side of things. It was like, mm. um, you know, you can get a kick and that's great, but are you a good kid? You know, are you a good person in the community? Uh, are you a good team teammate? Um, because if you're not, we, you won't last. And um, that's something that I cherished really um, early on in my career was to, to know that Geelong Footy Club was always about the good people um, and the human element instead of it just being about you know, getting a kick and winning. Yeah. Um, but um, the one thing also too with Bomber, he you know always made sure that I called mum and dad. Um, he was always onto that um, stuff and made sure that you know you were okay off field. And um, he still he still berate you in the team meeting. And um, you know <laughs> he, he would uh, he'd he'd give the best praise I've ever I've ever seen. But for, for some way some reason, um, if he sprayed you, you knew that uh, he liked you. So it was yeah. kind of like a you know <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, yeah he loves me so. Um, yeah. Yeah, we got along really well, me and Bomber, and um, yeah, it was uh, sad to see him go, but at the same time, I could see why he wanted to get out. You know, he was pretty exhausted by the time that uh, he left. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Obviously, he was a great man down at down at the Cats, and obviously, many people, many players um, owe a lot owe a lot to him as well as as well as yourself. This is the Under Pressure Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. So let me talk about the the mental side of injuries. Um, I know obviously you do a lot of we do a lot of physical stuff to get back from uh, all sorts of injuries. But how are you how are you mentally when when you're doing the rehab for for these types of injuries? Were you pretty pretty headstrong, 
Or were you really... Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I think, um, you know, moving away from Darwin when I was 14, um, mm. you know, 14, 14 and a half, not getting drafted for three years, I think they all sort of contributed to the way that I sort of approached my footy. Mm. Um, you know, I always had a mentality of, you know, just rely on yourself and it'll be okay. So for me, I always had that, um, you know, the, the little man on, on my shoulder pushing me a little bit harder. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I was always um, never too bad at training um, when it came to that kind of stuff. So the only thing I didn't like was just doing it by myself, to be honest. I, I, I didn't mind training, but I'd rather someone beside me, you know, training with me. But um, for me, the, the mental side of footy was never an, an, an issue because I always had that drive and, you know, I'm 176 centimetres. I couldn't kick the ball very far and I wasn't very fast. So I knew my limitations. I knew where my place in the team was. So, um, yeah, it was pretty simple for me to my, my uh, mentality about the way that I approached the game but also how I played. Yeah, for, for sure. Now, as you said, you obviously went through a bit of a, a different sort of different path. What would you say to these these young guys who don't get don't get drafted straight away, like what what's the what's the mentality of just keeping at it, keeping with it? Like what? How did you how did you sort of process it at the time? Yeah, it was difficult for me because I was, um, you know, I was a pretty talented junior. Um, got told I was going to get drafted a lot, which a lot of kids do, and mm. you sort of get sort of lost a little bit. Um, but for me, it was always about you know not giving up. I'm from Darwin, and my mum and dad sold their house to to get up to um. Uh, to Adelaide to help me when I got homesick and uh, it was always about um, the people in your corner and trying to get there and you know I remember being the, I remember to this day I was working at the zoo and, and got the phone call thought it was a prank call one of the boys was playing a joke on me didn't call back and then all of a sudden it was bomber and said um, you have to be in, in Geelong in two days time so oh, um, you know um, the, the, the mentality of kids these days when I don't get drafted I, I, I think more and more uh, players will get drafted mature age I think especially with COVID um, hang around for a little bit longer I reckon mm. this year they'll do some sort of 10-day contracts where you can come in and because I think it will hit teams pretty hard um, just like the NBA um, yeah. so I think if you can stick at it sometimes and it's probably not the right thing but sometimes clubs are, are testing you and I reckon I was tested you know and um, I reckon Sam Wells was watching me for a while now Bomber wasn't happy though with a uh, 175 centimetre fat little thing that got drafted, but um, <laughs> a bit I rough. eventually wanted. Yeah, that's exactly what Bomber said to me when I got drafted. Um, oh wow! <laughs> so that was that was my first introduction to Bomber. But um, <laughs> you, um, I think you've always got to find what works for yourself as a as an individual. And and for me, um, it was always about the people who sort of you know um, worked with me and side by side and and helped me out during my junior days and. And my family back home to 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 stick at it and 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 try and get there and you know eventually got there as a 21 year old um, I definitely think I should have got drafted a bit earlier but also to I, I don't mind the experience of of working full time mm. um, you know these kids now um, apart from Joel Selwood at, at the Cats I, I haven't seen anyone from our club who've come in and, and been able to play from day one mm. um, so it's something that I've always thought about you know the draft age to maybe be lifted because I think you do need some experience these kids are coming straight out of school into a you know, high, you know, pressured environment. Um, maybe it is um, worthwhile having a year where they can sort of, you know, go get a part-time job, you know, do some work, um, and get some experience in life before they then go to footy, and then all of a sudden their their whole life is about AFL. Yeah, that's it. I mean, I mean you're right. They they literally jump straight into it after after year twelve. They're they're straight into the AFL yep. system, and it's pretty. Obviously, we all, you know, it's a hectic system, and everything's going at a million miles a minute. Um, 
and then look it's yeah it's a bit crazy in the end so maybe something like that will uh um hopefully come in the next next little bit of time i think it'll be uh, very beneficial obviously yeah. it was beneficial to you and um i think yeah in the long run it, it'd be good for a lot of lot of players uh, i reckon yeah i agree um do, do you keep do you keep tabs with with the cats at the moment? Are you what do you are you a watcher of football? You're a, you a lover of watching the game and everything like that. I'm not a I'm not a lover of AFL. I've never loved watching the games, even yeah. when I was playing. Um, maybe if I kicked a couple, I might watch the replay. But um, I prefer NRL. I, I love um, the Rabbitohs and, and love watching them play. I love the Storm. Um, yeah. the, the game, the AFL. You know, I watch in um, you know, small doses. Yeah. Um, and as a cat supporter, you, you know, through and through blue and white. So you, you always got an eye on it, um, especially when you've got, you know, really good friends like Joel Selwood and, and Tommy Hawkins still running around. You, you sort of, you can't help but support them. Um, but I think you find yourself, once you get away from being a, uh, an employee, you become a, a supporter and you start to get a bit narky about some things and you watch and play and you, yeah. and you start throwing your arms and you start calling this person a name and, and then yeah. you, re, you you remember used to be that person that was out there, you know, and people were probably saying that to you in their lounge room. So, yeah. you know, um, it's something that um, uh, I love supporting them still and, and watching them. I hope we can get one more flag so that Corky and, and Joel can, you know, finish that legacy part off. But mm. I think that's what this group's missing. It's, you know, we as a group were able to get the ultimate success and it brought us closer and it was our own little piece of legacy. Um, yeah. Where this group, you know, they've been so... Um, dominant for so long, it, you kind of need that that flag to sort of cement cement and, and bring you a bit closer, and, and then that legacy piece. Because yeah, if you don't win one, um, you're not having any reunions, you know, and it's sort of like wasted. And we've had the probably one of the most talented lists you've probably come across in the AFL. Yeah, um, definitely. So it's been disappointing to to um, uh, to to fall short. But I think um, I, I think we've got one more year left, and then after that, I think we probably as a club. We'll need to start to uh, go back to the draft and, and let Wellesley do his thing. <laughs> that's that's exactly right. Best in the business. So I have no no issues that he'll do. I'm a cat's man. I don't think I don't think I mentioned that, but um, yeah, lots of faith in uh, in the great man for sure. Um, yeah, I do I do have one one que one one question. Um, probably a bit of a probably a bit of a sore point. I didn't actually include it in the questions that uh, I sent over to you beforehand. Um, can you talk us through 2009? um and and the feeling um there i know it was pretty difficult at, at the time and um yep. just wanted to get your thoughts on on your feeling and um how it all was back then yeah like, i get this asked a lot and if i'm um you know if there's any sort of anger or um was i upset in essence in 2008 i shouldn't have played um we lost and as a club, we wanted redemption, and as a group, we 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 needed that. We we um, we desperately sh we were a better team in our way um, than every other club, um, but we fell short, and that's what that matters. Um, Two thousand and nine uh, for me was about that redemption piece, and even though I didn't play, and um, you know I didn't get a medal, I felt like it was just as I was just as proud to be a part of it than the seven and eleven because of the fact that redemption. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I, I struggled through the back end of the year with McGroin still from my weight, so yeah. I wasn't playing the best footy. And you know, I did McGroin at one stage, and you know, Bomber just said pretty much if you, if you can't play this week, you're not going to be coming in for the grand, um, the grand final. And 
I just loved it that he was honest with me. And Bernsey and Trevi Varko, my two, clo- you know, still my closest friends ever. So mm. I was watching them play and, you know, they tore um, the prelim up. And, um, yeah, it was disappointing. Um, but I, I, I personally don't think I would have been able to play anyway. And I think that was probably one of the things I learned from my weight was you've, you've got to be honest with your body and your teammates, but also your coach. You know, you've got to look the coach in the yeah. eye. And I don't think Bomber looked me in the eye for a while after I weighed Granny. And um, so for me, 09, going to him on the Tuesday, he was saying that he's probably most likely not going to go with me. And to then go, hey, I, I don't think I can play. Um, was sort of something that, you know, the journey and the lessons you learn along the way. Yeah, no, that, that's it, mate. Obviously, that would have been very difficult to say. Obviously, you had to come, you had to make the decision yourself and go to him. And obviously, he gained a lot more. Um, he probably gained a lot more respect for you in terms of um, coming to you. And obviously, different with the the 08 one. Um, he pr- yeah. probably look you in the eye, and um, you can see all the scenes back then. There, he was very, um, very, ha- very happy, and um, yeah. So he obviously, did the right thing. Quite was difficult but um right decision i think um and then you got to experience that 2011 yeah. game as well so yeah um, yeah it all comes around <laughs> in the end it does karma does come around in football no nah, that's exactly that's exactly right this is the under pressure draft now to to finish off the, the podcast i like to do a bit of a draft um so we go yeah. back and forth and uh we choose a topic and uh Thought we could pick out all-time uh, favorite NBA players, uh, as we chatted off air before. You know, you're a big um, US sports fan, so uh, I thought we'd uh, thought we'd do a bit of NBA. Uh, you want to go first, yep. or you want me to go first? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, how many players are we picking? Five. So you got five. It's like a starting five. You can go if you want. Starting five. Oh, um, <laughs> I'll, I'd have to go Kobe, uh, number one. Yep. Nah, lovely, lovely, good choice. Um, Look, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna leave him there for you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go MJ. <laughs> yeah, you might have struggled if I had Kobe and MJ together. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'll go. Then I would go Shaq. Yeah, good call. Good call. The uh, the LA duo. Or oh, I'm gonna go. Oh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of the Jazz. So I'm gonna go Carl uh, Malone. Carl Malone. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a big fan. Um, I'm this. He's probably my, my favorite player is when he was up and going and when he before he's injured. Derek Rose. Oh yeah, nice, nice, very good, very good. Um, look, uh, he's still on the board, so I'm gonna have to go LeBron. <laughs> he, he's pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't taking him, so you. <laughs> I mean, I'm not his biggest fan, but look, I, I can't leave him off. <laughs> Be a little bit controversial. <laughs> yep. Uh, then I would go Tim Duncan. Tim. Oh yeah, fundamentals. Love watching. I don't think. I don't think. I don't. I don't think your team's got any chance of beating one. Um, I'm struggling at the moment. I'm really struggling. Um, look, I'm gonna, look. I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna chuck in a Kareem just to. Uh, yep. <laughs> a bit of the sky hook, hopefully over Shaq's block shots, maybe. <laughs> So what is that? Is that that's four? I think, I think that's four. Yeah, I think that's four each. Yeah. All right. What do I need? The point shooting small forward. Ooh. I think I need a point guard. He's probably. He's probably I'm going to go with this guy just because he's my favorite player of all time. Would be Jason Terry. Oh, good shooting. Yeah, love that. Love yeah. that pick. Love yeah. that pick. Oh, point guard, all time. 
Look, I'm, I think I'm going to I'm going to double up on the Jazz and go John Stockton. I need a point guard, so yeah, yeah. I don't know why. It just came came to the came to my head. Obviously, he was a bit of a bit of a crazy player back in the day with all the assists. But yeah, yeah, awesome, mate. Um, now just to just to sort of uh, um, finish off, I, I just wanted to quickly thank you for for jumping on, mate. I really appreciate yeah. you giving up your time and. Yes, and sharing all your experiences and, and insights. And um, obviously there's a lot of, obviously there's probably a bit of a, a down, I'm probably talking injuries and, and whatnot, but obviously you've given out a lot of a, a great insights to all of our listeners. And um, yeah, really appreciate you, you coming on for a chat, mate. And um, yeah, hope, hope you stay well. All right, thanks very much for having me, Matt. No worries at all. Now, remember to like, share and subscribe all our socials and uh, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Uh, Thanks to Matt for joining us on the Under Pressure podcast and we'll see you on the next. The Under Pressure podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Remember to subscribe and share it with all your friends and family. And while you're at it, give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at underpressure1 underscore and underpressurepodcast on Facebook. And we'll see you on the next.